as technology would have it. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with that silly thing. So we just gonna go and we will post this as soon as we're done. Typically we run the show live, ladies and gentlemen, and I know how that enemy likes to work. He likes to interfere with stuff, but that's the beautiful thing about impacting life 24 seven. We understand the subtitle of my book, no matter the adversity, you still can make it. And so we're blessed to have my sister who has been on our show before, the world renowned from Canada, Miss Shirley Thiessen. And she has written a book who, which we really talked about last time and we're gonna do again so tonight. The book is called The Little Black Funeral Dress and the subtitle is Five Things I Wish I Had Known About Grief. Now, one thing that I posted today, for those of you that follow us on social media, is that Shirley made a very, very telling point in her on her website. She says, it's not a matter of if, but it is a matter of when you have to go through grief. And so we thank Shirley because she's very busy. She's getting ready to fly to the Philippines. She's a in-demand speaker and so mike and i are very very blessed that she was able to carve out a few moments of time with us tonight and so shirley we want to welcome you to the high definition studios here at impact ville thank you so much shirley for being here oh it's so great to be with you cl and mike and i'm very honored to be welcomed back a second time that's fantastic yeah, you know, sometimes we have guests and we're like, uh, what did we do on the first time? <laughs> but when you can get somebody that makes such a dynamic impact as you did, Shirley, uh, on our audience, on our listeners, on our podcast audience, uh, we said we want to have you. And I just said, I just told her in the pre-show, folks, I said, listen, Shirley, you can schedule yourself on this show as much or as little as you want. You got an open invitation. So um, we really, really appreciate you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Shirley. Get get acquainted with our, our new listeners because it's been a while. It's been four or five months since we last talked. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, a few things have happened since we last chatted. Yeah. Um, my husband and I celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary recently. My daughter, who has two dogs, a male and female, just had a litter of five puppies that are so cute. <laughs> Honestly, you know, we are so easily amused by just watching them. We'll spend hours at her house and just watching puppies. And it is such great therapy. Yes. And then the most exciting thing is uh, my daughter announced that her and her husband are expecting a baby. And so my status is improving. I'm going to try to catch up to you, CL. Um, I'm going to become a grandparent. And I just couldn't be happier about that. Well, that is awesome. I can tell you my granddaughter is downstairs now and uh, she comes over almost every day. And Mike Black knows, because he's held little Sadie, that she's got us wrapped around her finger, doesn't she, Black? She sure does. Um, I held her, and it was so precious. And, uh, you know, my daughter's 23. She'll be 23 this month. And so, 
maybe grandbabies, but I'm not rushing her at all. But <laughs> yeah, Mike's not rushing it, but yeah, they, they definitely do change the trajectory of your softness because I am just a big marshmallow now. <laughs> uh, so congratulations on, on the grandbaby. And, um, you know, Shirley, I, you. I was seeing the little puppies and I said, man, I was just up putting my face to the screen, squeezing the little faces. So, so, so sweet. And, um, your husband, your husband, you and your husband reside where in Canada? In Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Calgary, where you're going to come Alberta. visit one day, right? Yes, where I'm going to come to Canada, and then we'll just flip flop, and you can come to North Carolina. Have you? I've <laughs> always wanted to. Yeah, you got to come down here and get some of the North Carolina barbecue. Amen. <laughs> so, um, and, and you know what? What people when when people immediately hear the topic of grief, I think sometimes maybe people avoid it. Because it is an uncomfortable feeling and emotion. And you are someone who, you know, we would, we would love to say in the talking circles, you know, you've mastered this or you're a subject, <laughs> you're a subject matter expert. But let me ask you this question. I mean, does really anyone ever master this topic, Shirley? I don't know if anyone really masters any topic, frankly. <laughs> Not until heaven. Right. Then we'll be masters. But I certainly have felt like the last 10 years have been a grueling education right. in a topic that I was so naive about previously. And I really didn't think that I needed to know much about grief. I, I really thought that was for later in life. I had no expectation that I would have to deal with it. And so, you know, I kind of knew surfacey things, um, but I really didn't really care to know much about grief. And I think that's generally the feeling. Some people actually act like death is optional. <laughs> like, like, yeah, this is, this is just going to last forever. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you're right. It, it, it is because what we, what we have a tendency to do is because when I was coming up, Shirley, uh, when I did live with some of my biological family members, funerals were so sad and and it 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 was just agonizing and so as a young kid i saw that and every every everything i equated with it was like man i want to stay away from that those feelings and those emotions um but but it is something that we have to realize is a reality and you know it it comes at different times in different intervals some some are expected and some are unexpected your situation was your situation was a bit unexpected huh Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, when you, you put on a wedding for your child, your son, and you're still basking in the glow of that on vacation. And, um, you know, my husband and I were just kind of like high-fiving each other. Like yeah. our son was officially launched. He was gainfully employed, happily married, and off our payroll. Like yeah. life great. And so you're just at that pinnacle, right, of just feeling like, wow, all that parenting is now kind of morphed into coaching, right? Your, yeah. your relationship changes with your young adult kids. And it was just such a, it felt like the baton had been passed and we had really reached this milestone with Jordan. And then to have um, a police officer arrive at our door just hours after I had been in a store and the Lord had pointed out a dress that he wanted me to buy, a black dress and all that was revealed to me was that it it was for somebody's funeral but i didn't know whose 
And then to find out just a short time later that it was for my son's funeral. Mm. And that's the, the title of the book, The Little Black Funeral Dress. And what was so remarkable about that in so many ways for me personally was that the God of the universe would care about me, like little old me, yeah. so much to know that he knew that part of my anxiety would be even what do I wear to my son's funeral? You know, he knew that I would, you could stand in front of my closet all day long and not be able to decide or just be overcome with grief. And he just said, I want to pick this out for you. And I want you to remember Deuteronomy 31, eight, as you wear this, that says the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And wearing that dress gave me such confidence to give a tribute to my son on my darkest day. And I didn't even realize at the time um, until even a few weeks later that the lining is this beautiful purple. And purple is the, the traditionally the color of royalty. Right. And it was like my father God was saying, now don't forget whose you are. You are a daughter of the most high King Jesus Christ. You are royalty. Yeah. Because so often when we are ambushed by grief we're in this tsunami of emotions it's so easy to forget whose we are and that we are loved even in our suffering yeah and you know i think uh one of the things that you that you said that kind of rings to me is the words that you use you said uh, ambushed and tsunami those mm -hmm. those two those two words really do sometimes describe grief well because an ambush is something that happens you're unexpected you're not expecting it and then right. a tsunami is something that overwhelms you right and so put those two things together and you have people in some pretty bad states you, you know and so when you when you when god was speaking to you thank goodness you were you were sensitive because he was telling you to buy a dress before you needed it but you would need it huh Mm-hmm. And you know, really, you think in hindsight, I can imagine explaining to my husband, honestly, God told me to buy myself a dress. Like usually God will tell me to nudge me towards doing something for someone else. Right. That's typically what I hear from him. But this time it was like, no, this was for me. But I'm thinking, how am I? I didn't even tell my husband actually about the dress <laughs> until later. And uh, but it was like, how do I explain to him that no, God is telling me what to buy for me? <laughs> It kind of felt counterintuitive, but I did. And now then he revealed the message, the meaning behind the message. Right. And so, you know, Jordan, who we're going to show, ladies and gentlemen, just in a little bit, uh, the, the handsome young man who like like uh, Shirley Thiessen, she's she's a guest on our show, ShirleyThiessen.com. You can get a copy of this book, uh, The Little Black Funeral Dress, and she teaches five things uh, she wished she had known about grief. And here's what I want you to understand, that one of the things that I love about what one of the chapters that she deals with, she deals, she shows this diagram. And in the diagram, it's like this really nice, neat, you, you know, Mike, how sometimes uh, in the, in the, in certain sectors, everything's got to be a, you know, in, in the military, everything's got to be covered in a line. Everything's got to be in order, right? It's, it's there. We know there's a starting point and there's a stopping point, right? You, you know what I mean? Correct. But uh, in this one graph, it's like this perfect, 
you know, arc of the processes of grief. And then in the other graph, it's all these lines going all over the place. Because this is what we want to, to feel like, but this is what we really, where we really are, right, Shirley? Oh, it's chaos. It's messy. There's nothing linear or tidy about it. And that was one of the biggest surprises for me. I really expected just to merge neatly from one, one part of grief into another, and it would just kind of dissipate after maybe a year and I'd be good. Right. And Mike, you know, we see this in, in various things that we do because we are community leaders, but there is kind of like this, this uh, unwritten rule that you only got four weeks to grieve, right, Mike? Right. It definitely, um, you know, I think what in certain jobs or just different places, they get a few days off. Sometimes they don't even get the weekend and you have to kind of progress with life and, and just carry on. But inwardly, you know, all of us, I can imagine, go through that when you lose somebody. Um, so yes. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that, I think that you hit a point is that, you know, it's like the cycle of life doesn't stop. Surely it, it doesn't, it, the, the wheel, this globe that we're spinning on doesn't stop just because our world stops. But the problem is, is that people don't understand how to help someone in that stopped state. You know, we're just going, we can go forward, then we can go backward. We can go to a couple different places, but there are sometimes people just say maybe the wrong things that are not helpful in grief. Right, Shirley? Well, that was the younger me, honestly. Yeah. Like now that I think back, I was guilty of saying things that were not helpful. Right. And the only reason I kept doing it, because no one corrected me. No one said, you know what? That's actually not the best thing to say because we don't talk about these things. And I never learned it in, you know, school, college, Bible study, we didn't talk about it. And so it wasn't until I was on the other side of grief that I realized, like saying things like, well, at least you still have a daughter. Yeah, that's not helpful. Yes, I do have a daughter. And I'm thankful for my daughter. Right. But but it felt like, you know, those phrases feel like they're diminishing my loss or glossing over it. Like, it's not that bad. Like, come on, at least, or at least you're going to see Jordan again. And I, and I know I will because he was a follower of Jesus and I'm so glad I will see him, Right. but I'm still here missing him so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you make a good statement. Another one that I feel that people struggle with is, <clears throat> well, th- they're in a better place. And I think me and you talked about this before is that that may very well be in the scheme of eternity and heaven and all that. But right now, the better place for me would be right here with me. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's even things that people say, uh, Christian people say that is not theologically correct. But we tend to say things like, well, now your loved one is an angel in heaven. No, they're not. It's not really theologically correct at all. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, the there's another bright light in, in the sky because of your loved one. Well, no, I think we need to really make sure that what we say is aligned with God's word. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, and, and that may be, let's, let's deal with this because there are obviously those of you that are tuning in 
or watching this later because of my technical difficulties, I should just set this studio on fire, Black. Uh, no. it's, just something, it's something with Facebook Live and the Facebook Live interface. But nonetheless, um, you know, there, there are people who um, maybe they, they do too much or say too much. And then there are those that don't say anything. They're like, well, I don't want, I don't want to be offensive. So where's the where if there is a middle ground, where is it, Shirley? Well, that's just it. There is no middle ground. And that's why I'm so, so committed to help educate people to know what is helpful to say, because saying nothing feels like indifference. And yeah. I know I've been there. I've let fear actually keep me from doing anything. Right. And I didn't realize that that is that avoidance is actually so hurtful as well. Yeah. And and so instead of, you know, <laughs> instead of avoiding, let's just learn what to do that is helpful. And it's not that difficult. Like it's simple. It's really simple. It's mm -hmm. saying, I care about you and your family and I'm hurting with you. Like you are not alone. Yeah. We are praying you through this. We're walking this through that we care about you. You are not alone. Honestly, that's life-giving to people. It is. It is. You know, and and I I um I think I picked up a few things from you. I might have to go back through the course again, but uh I've had some interchanges where people have lost some loved ones and I didn't necessarily know the loved one, but I knew them, right? They right. were my friend. And I would say something like, I can only imagine how awesome your mother was based on how you are, you know, perfect, and, beautiful. And, 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 you know, you're trying without trying to diminish any type of feelings that they have, but just letting them know that you, you recognize that something awesome has left their life. Absolutely. And, and, you know, even if they are brave enough to show their tears, yeah, you know, instead of saying, Oh, I'm so sorry to make you cry. Instead, he's saying, I am so honored by your tears. Your tears are evidence of the love in your heart. That sometimes you, there are no words, but the tears leak. And I'm so honored to bear witness to your pain. Yes. And so jo Jordan passed away 10 years ago. Uh, tomorrow it will be his 10-year anniversary, 10-18-2012, correct? Mm-hmm, yes. And, and uh, one thing that really kind of magnetized uh, our friendship and relationship is, you know, Mike, that you and I talk, you know, pretty frequently, you know, every other day. If it's been two or three days and I think you're mad at me or something. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> but 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 there is some inconsistency to our consistency. Right. It's just like we're just here today, gone tomorrow, whatever. We just kind of float about it. But Correct. but but Shirley's friend uh, who has been on this journey with her for 10 years has every day. T tell us. Tell us a story. Tell us, Shirley. My friend, uh, Kareen, um, we live in the same city. We don't get to see each other very often, but she has decided from the very beginning that on the 18th day of every month, because Jordan died on October 18th, that she would send me a text. And this text um, at times is just expressing her love for me. Sometimes she was sharing a memory of Jordan. Last month, she actually sent me a picture of her son and my son when they were nine. This is a picture I'd never seen before. It was like 
golden to me. And her intentionality over the years just escalates the impact. I cannot even tell you what it means to receive these texts like five years, eight years, and now 10 years in. And I mean, how long does it take us to send a little text? Not that long, right? It's not a big investment of our time. And yet the impact is immense. And I have just shared that about her. And she said, you know, it was just an idea that she felt the Holy Spirit brought to her mind that very first month back in 2012. And I've said to her so often, thank you. Thank you for following that nudge that you felt. Because how many times have we got an idea and we just feel like, nah, you know, I'm not really close enough to do that. Or I'm not in their inner circle or maybe it's too early. Maybe, you know, maybe I should just let them be alone. Well, a text is not intrusive. But it's when it expresses love, when it validates our pain, when it shares the hope of Christ, when it lets us know that we're seen, we're heard, and we're remembered, it's powerful. Yeah, it is. Mike, let me ask you this, Mike. What do you think, brother, when we we see, when we hear that story about absolute consistency over 10 years, why do you think that maybe is a struggle for, for some? Because, you know, you start out with great intentions. I even confessed to Shirley last time she was on the show, you know, my, my nephew's picture is right up there on the monitor and he passed away on his birthday, July 21st, 2020. And for the first six or eight months, I was like checking on his dad, you know, every other day, every week. Then it started, you know, the, the distance started and, and now it's like I feel guilty because it's been a month or two. What, what, what do you think about us? Because you're a psychology major. What, what is it about us where we, that consistency in that realm is a struggle? What do you think? I just think that um, with technology, with jobs, and with everybody being so busy, I think that we can kind of, you know, put other things. It doesn't become a priority. But I will say this to what you said is that when you fall off, it, you can just, it's easy to get it back. Meaning that, you know, if you haven't done it two months, don't not stop. You know, that consistency will be forgotten about if you reach out. Um, It makes me think of a lady at our church that lost her husband, my dear friend in the men's group, and he died suddenly and it was of COVID. And you know how the cliches were say, oh, we're here for you. And, uh, you know, my wife and I were talking and it says we need to just show up at her house. And I know some people don't like it when you show up unannounced, but, you know, show up and say, hey, if it's not a good time, we just want to say hello. We're thinking about you. We love you. We're praying for you in person because sometimes a text, yeah, that's good. But sometimes people won't respond to text, right. you know, so there's always creative ways to engage and re-engage. So I, I would just say that, you know, you can make excuses, but at the same token, it's never too late to just start and, 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 and re, you know, re-engage. Is, that's, is a good, that's a good, that's a good word for us, Shirley. Would you mm-hmm. agree that, Hey man, if you, if you Amen. know, if you know that you kind of need to re-engage and reconnect with with those that that have gone through something like this, it, today is the best day to start, right? Absolutely. I actually know of a gentleman who reached out to his sister, who lost her daughter at age sixteen, and it was thirty years ago. And he realized after reading my book that he really hadn't done very much to be a hope herald for her, to be a caring grief companion. And so he wrote a letter um, just sharing all the things that he remembered about his niece and um, 
you know, just share things that maybe she didn't even know that he, that he had done with the Denise yeah. and made sure that it got there 30 years later and their relationship that had been estranged was reignited. And I just think you're right. You're right, Mike. It's never too late to start. Yeah, that's powerful. And if you'd like to get a copy of her book, I have one and I have it here in the studios and um, it's, it's an amazing read. Very easy to read. I actually stole, I won't say stole. I, I actually pirated or what, <laughs> I'm getting worse black. I actually just took some ideas from, from the ease of your read, how, how easy it is to digest. I mean, you can read this in a, in a weekend and it's so full of real uh, heartfelt practicality that you can go to Shirley Thiessen. I'm going to tell you how to spell her last name because I had to write it down. T-H-I-E-S-S-E-N, ShirleyThiessen.com. Right, Shirley? Am I right? Absolutely. And I'm getting the last name right because I'm we, we're getting reacquainted now. I'm feeling good about myself. I have messed up her last name. I, I call her Thiessen, Thiessen. No, no, no. Get it right, King. So, uh, And my staff knows that I butcher people's names on the show, and I just beg their forgiveness. But one thing in this book, you you talk about lesson number one because she, you deal with five lessons that uh, you wish you had known about grief. One of them is you're not crazy you are grieving and there's a difference kind of help us unpack that. Well, I found out afterwards that this is fairly normal to have some physical manifestations of grief affect you, especially the trauma of an unexpected loss. And that is that it's almost like an emotional concussion. Suddenly you've got short-term memory loss. For me, I lost my taste buds. But my sleep was interrupted. I couldn't track with people in conversations. Like I'd blank out for periods of time. Everything was gray, it seemed. Like there was no color. My my legs felt weighted. Going up the stairs was suddenly hard. And I thought, what is going on with me? Like, is this my new normal? And it, it freaked me out. I thought, I can't live like this. And what I didn't know is that is it's a fairly normal process of your body having just to slow everything down mm. so that you can actually start processing what's happened because yeah. it takes a long time. And, you know, eventually, you know, my joy came back. Eventually my motivation to do the things I used to like doing came back. Mm-hmm. Eventually I could laugh again. But when you're in that, really dark valley of death and you're finding yourself physically not able not capable of doing the things that you used to do without thinking right you just get so afraid like fear just grips your heart and so th- that's just one thing i i wish i known that's fairly common yeah. and i wouldn't have been so panicky yeah, and that's that's very very helpful. This is something that you can get out of this book, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, um, you know that that you're not going crazy. You are grieving, and here's what um, we've got to recognize too. And I'm in our social media world, right? Because Mike alluded to that earlier. People people have a tendency to use social media to express themselves, right? Well. If someone is grieving and they're and they're making a very emotional post that is, you know, in line with, you know, loneliness or a poem about the loss of a child, that really should be a trigger for us hope heroes 
to not just say, oh, well, they're going through it again, or, oh, they want more attention, but to really engage and and sh- shroud them with, with our love and comfort versus just, you know, just a thumbs up. You know what I'm saying, Shirley? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, you're never so vulnerable as when you were grieving. And just to know that one other person is in your corner, that they're praying on your behalf, that they care enough to, to see your pain and just say, I'm with you. Yeah. It is so powerful. It is so life-giving. Um, it's kind of like lending hope to someone who, whose only hope is leaking out fast. Yeah. And you're believing for them. You're contending for them, for their faith to have a sanctified, stubborn street to, to turn <laughs> towards God instead of away from him. Yeah, that's powerful. You know, Mike Black, who is our co-host on Impacting Life 24-7 and one-third majority owner of Impacting Life 24-7 LLC. One thing that is unique about Mike is, he, even though sometimes he's late to the show, we'll, we'll let him slide on the <laughs> He is spontaneously gracious. Like just when you least expect it, Mike Black will do something gracious for people, even for people that he knows don't like him, who have talked about him behind his behind his back. He will graciously extend courtesy, buy him a gift card or cook a meal for them or, or, or take pick up their lunch. And w- one thing that I am learning about that, Shirley, is Instead of just saying this, this is just something I've learned. If you need anything, I'll be there, right? Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. I've just taken it upon myself to, okay, I'm going. Everybody in Eastern Carolina likes Bojangles, so I'm going to go get a family pack and drop it off on their door and just say, Beautiful. put a little note with love, you know, the kings. And that, 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 spont- that spontaneity is important, isn't it, Black? It's very important. I think that um, if you let the Holy Spirit lead you and he tells you to do something and you obey him, God blesses uh, so abundantly. And uh, I feel I feel like when you don't listen, then you missed out on a blessing and blessing someone else. Yeah. So a lot of times and thank you so much for your comments. That was so gracious. Um, I try to just listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, yes, I'm generally default to that. But I also just try to, when the Holy Spirit tells me something, I just learn to listen and just follow. So, you know, Shirley, you say one other thing in lesson number two, you say hurtful things will be said. Mm-hmm. And you say, this is, this is, this is so powerful, man. I was reading this today. I was just like, Shirley, whoo, choose to forgive from a distance if necessary. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. help us put those two dichotomies together. Well, you sometimes you have to protect your broken heart by putting distance between you and someone who is not a safe friend. Yeah. And by safe, I mean someone who can listen to you vent even about your grief and not have to, you don't have to feel like you have to edit what you say. Yeah. They can just like take the chaff from the wheat and just like let it go. But they're just listening and are caring. You know, my mom um, was just recently over my mom and dad for Thanksgiving. We have Thanksgiving in October here in Canada when it ought to be. (laughs) Well, let me just parenthetically insert. I was looking and I'm like, man, that food sure looks good. I wish it was. I I sure wish it was Thanksgiving here today. (laughs) (laughs) It is good. Yeah. Um, 
But I found out that, you know, someone had said to her when Jordan died, after listening to her, you know, share about the, how hurt and how sorrowful she was, this lady had said, well, do you think that maybe it'd be better if Jordan hadn't been born? Then you wouldn't be so sad now. Mm. And it's like, oh, seriously? Like, just when you think you've heard it all, there's a new one. But, you know, even my mom said she just knew she kind of had to withdraw. She she withdraw for a time and just said, I can't I can't share my heart with certain people because they just have no self-awareness. Yeah, right. And, and, and that's that's important. Uh, I've had to do that as I've gotten older, even especially writing this book, which, you know, is a very transparent expose of my life, the trauma mm-hmm. in my life. I've had to I've had to. And I've had to help ask the Lord to help me reconcile forgiveness with certain people. But your, your point in this book is very clear that it can be from a distance if necessary, because you still do have to protect yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having healthy boundaries. Yeah. That's powerful. And so uh, one other point, and then I won't give them all out because I want them to buy the book. Go to Shirley, <laughs> go to, go to ShirleyThiessen.com. That's T-H-E. I-E. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to go start over. Just erase what you just heard. T-H-I-E-S-S-E-N. I should just look at my own notes, Mike. But of course, these glasses are making it 25 times magnified. <laughs> go to ShirleyThiessen.com. And get your copy of The Little Black Funeral Dress, Five Things I Wish I Had Known About Grief. And I'm telling you what, she she is, uh, in my opinion, a voice for this necessary conversation. Uh, You said it best that, you know, Mike and I are both in ministry, but sometimes we don't even do well with it in the church or in the kingdom of God. Uh, We deal with it in the moment and uh, we really kind of get caught off guard by it. So having someone of your, having someone who's gone through what you went through, Shirley, to be able to speak uh, wisdom into the kingdom of God, I think is very, very important. One, one more point. She yeah. says, people who think grief has a timeline have never suffered a profound loss. Take your time. Take all the time you need. Yeah. And that was a big aha moment for me because I think as I alluded to before, I really thought the younger me thought that, you know, a year, that's 12 months. That's, that should be enough to really grieve your loss. And maybe it is for some people. I did hear someone recently say that it took him six months to grieve the loss of his son. And my, my husband and I both kind of froze when we heard that. Cause for us, we're going like, we're 10 years in and we feel like we're still rather fresh into the process. And, and I think we've just reconciled too that the the point that while God brings incremental healing here on earth, we will not be fully healed until heaven. That's right. And so you, you start to reconcile to that tension that, you know, you live in this moment of being able to hold joy and sorrow at the same time. I didn't think that would ever be possible. But for people who think, you know, well, you know, goodness, it's been five years. I, why am I still crying? I'm like, please, please be kind to yourself. This is not a race. 
This is not a sprint. It's a marathon and the finish line is in heaven. So give yourself, give others grace just to grieve. And it'll, it'll soften over time as you do the hard work of grieving. Some people would rather skip over it or push it to the basement of their soul. But um, if that happens, grief tends to multiply and then come out in ways that you don't want it to manifest in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. So better, better to just have the courage, ask the Holy Spirit for courage to just face it and to work on it day by day. And um, he does in beautiful ways. You know, Mike, this is such a very, very powerful testimony of, of giving us instruction and guidance and help. I remember Charity, my wife, she, her mother, she lost her mother in uh, 2012. And it was Mm -hmm. after a time of, and I thank you for the beautiful note you you sent her, Shirley, that with mm-hmm. on the bookmark. She My sent pleasure. me a note. Um, but you know, she had helped her mother through cancer and through the chemotherapy journey. And when it looked like things were turning around or stabilizing, they took a they took a rapid turn for the for the worse. And my wife had poured into, I mean, she took the girls up there to Ohio. I was down here as a bachelor. I mean, it, it, it was, she had poured her whole life into serving her mother and, and trying to help her get through this. And then mm-hmm. I remember my wife saying that she would be upset. Maybe that wasn't the word. Maybe she said she would feel guilty for feeling happy about something. You know what I mean? Like, like she sees people laughing and the, the levity, et cetera. And she's like, I, I don't, I'm not, my soul is in a, in knots. I don't feel, you know, and even to this day, like you say, well, every year we release balloons on her mother's birthday and beautiful. we go release balloons in the sky and I'll look over there at charity and yes, her eyes are full of, uh, full of tears, even 10 years later. So when we, when we talk about it, in the corporate world, it's all about metrics and timelines and deadlines. And if you're, if you're, if you haven't met this mark, then you're not doing it. But with grief, I think that's, that's, that's unwise to do. Right. Absolutely. I still think there's maybe a little bit of metrics that we could um, evaluate, at least for myself. I think that it's so important that I'm looking up from my own pain. I'm not, fixated so much on my sorrow that that's all consuming that's all i can think about because i i believe so strongly that the secret sauce to my own healing is serving others and that might be just sending someone else a card or encouraging someone or you know making some muffins dropping them off for someone else who's hurting but It's interesting to me how God uses those little acts of service to bring a piece of healing to my heart as I do that. Vlad, what do you think about that, brother? I can't even top that if I try. That is secret sauce. That's it. Serving others. It's it's others. Uh, I was supposed to be in uh, Houston, Texas this week. I usually go to a church leadership conference there in Pearland, Texas at at, uh, First Church. And uh, they say that they have a one-word model for their church, and it's very simple. They said if every church would adopt it, the churches would be growing by leaps and bounds. It the word is others, and mm-hmm. you are right. You are right. When I'm in my feelings, and I'm I'm feeling down, and 
you know, I got a heap of ashes on. Uh, when I go and, and dust myself off and find somebody who may be hurting worse than me and minister to them, man, what, what, uh, what a balm comes into my life. You, you, so true. Yeah. And, and help us, help us understand, Shirley, you, you was this a process over time of, of, of doing those types of things that, that you started to gain some traction? Well, it was very early on. I, cause I did go through this, this season of bitterness. Well, even after God brought this manifestation of this beautiful black dress and, I, and you know, made this presence so known to me yeah. as the fog of my loss started to lift in the weeks and months after Jordan's funeral, I, I slipped into this pit of bitterness. Yeah. I became so angry with God and I didn't think that would ever happen to me. I had, you know, there's other losses and lo other difficulties and disappointments in my life that I've navigated and I've never gone into bitterness, but this time it was different. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this was not healthy. After a while, I just felt like I, I can't be like this. And so I started praying, God, please recycle my pain for your good purpose. Ooh. I need to see your redemptive threads woven in my story of loss. I need to see your fingerprints on this. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to say yes to the opportunities that you bring, like being on CL King's <laughs> <laughs> program. Uh, I'm going to say yes in advance because I want to leverage my grief for your glory. I want to recycle this pain for good purpose. Yeah. And it was only three months after starting praying that prayer that God brought an opportunity for me to share a story about my little black funeral dress Mm -hmm. on video. I had five minutes to decide whether or not I would do this. It was very impromptu. And I was about to say, no, thank you. When I remembered, oh my goodness, I started praying this prayer. God, please recycle my pain. I promised to say yes. Yeah. So with great fear and trepidation, I said, yes. Well, they actually edited what I shared and posted it on my first mother's day without Jordan. It was online at a Christian on site. And um, I remember the very first person that commented said, thank you for being so vulnerable in sharing your grief and pain and how you're choosing, choosing to trust God through it. Hmm. Your courage is giving me courage to trust God with my pain. Wow. And that was my aha moment of understanding that serving others is the sacred sauce to my own healing. And so, like, even with your book, yeah. CL, you are serving others by being vulnerable and sharing how God has been faithful to you in all of your difficulties and struggles and forgiveness and how you've been hurt by others. And yet you're choosing, you're choosing to lean into God and not away from him. And that testimony is rewarded. It will be rewarded here on earth. It'll be rewarded in heaven, but it is not our natural inclination. Yeah, that's right, man. That, that's, I, you know, here's, here's the thing. You, you're right. It's, it's not our natural inclination. Our natural inclination is to withdraw and, yes. and, you know, like, like Mike, when I, when I get hurt on the basketball court, the, the last thing I want is somebody running over to me, asking me, am I okay? I just want to be left alone. Just let me, let me deal with my, right. Right. But it's just, it's just, it's not natural for us to, 
when we're in pain to to look outward to see if we can help somebody else. Shirley Thiessen, you can get her, you can get a copy of her book, The Little Black Funeral Dress. You know how, you know this was a good show if we went past 30 minutes because I just, I'm like, I, because it's so important, okay? The, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And this is why we've, I think God brought us together, Shirley, for such a time as this. Um, mm-hmm. you know, 2020 was a 2020 was a year of of unprecedented loss where where people were were losing family members that they couldn't even go into the rooms and see. Right. Oh, you know? I know. Uh, and so 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 pain was and and death and grief was, you know, it was the backdrop for our entire uh, year almost or two years. And uh, I'm so glad that God brought you into our lives here at Impacting Life 24-7. I mean what I say. I expect to see you on the calendar at least once a quarter so uh, we can uh, continue, continue to have this conversation. Uh, maybe we'll do we'll do a night where we can do some question and answers, maybe take questions from our audience or get them ahead of time and, and field those questions. But listen, if 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 you are somebody out there that that watch this watches this broadcast, and you know impacting life twenty four seven is about impacting lives. What I'm getting ready to do right now is I'm getting ready to turn over the show to the woman of God, and I'm going to ask her to speak to those that may be in that valley, in that cave that uh, many of us have been in before. But but before I have her speak, I want to show you something. I'm going to share my screen here. And uh, I want to show you what a a precious uh, gift she has been sharing with us. And this is her son right there, Mr. Jordan. And um, what a great looking young man. What a beautiful bride he had. And I can just imagine that he and I and Mike would sit down and probably could talk for hours, Shirley, because I can just see the glow on his face. And and knowing you, I know he had to be a pretty awesome kid. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. He was. He is. He is pretty awesome. Yeah. He is pretty awesome. He just has moved away to heaven. He's still fully alive. Right. I can't wait to see him. Amen. So Shirley, Shirley Thiessen, ShirleyThiessen.com. Take about a minute and just speak a a word of encouragement to everyone out there listening to Impacting Life 24-7. Well, I just would love to remind you, dear grieving friend, that we all have a choice to make in our loss. Will we lean into God or are we going to move away from him? And I pray that even as I share today that I'd be able to lend you my hope so that you would be able to have that sanctified stubborn streak to lean into God and to press into him. And I want to assure you that with God, you are going to make it not because you're so strong, but because God is so strong and he's got you. May he comfort you in ways that only he he can. May he protect you in the places that you feel the most vulnerable. And may he establish you in his peace, his love, and his purpose. Amen. Amen. So, wow, what a very, very powerful and encouraging word. Jordan, we love you, sir. And uh, thank you for 
uh, being with us also tonight on Impacting Life 24-7. Tomorrow, we will definitely, we'll find a way to do something creative to reach out to you, Shirley. I, I'm just going to uh. come up with something different. Um, and uh, we'll be, you'll be in our thoughts. I know tomorrow's the 10-year anniversary. So thank you for sharing a few moments of your time uh, and your heart with us here tonight at Impactville, okay? My pleasure. So great to be with you both. All right. So look, I'm, I'm expecting you to get back on that calendar. You got the link. You, I'm just going to be looking for you. Okay, Mike, you got any closing <laughs> thoughts for Shirley? Just uh, thank you so much. I was here last time with you as well. And you're so blessed by that and that you uh, wrote a book and, and can uh, give you this message to others. They need to get your book and they need to read it. And I'm sure it will definitely help the masses. So thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. All right, awesome. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out the show, Micah, for you and I and Shirley. But uh, Shirley Thiessen, go get the book at ShirleyThiessen.com. God bless you, Shirley. We'll be in touch soon, okay? All right, bless you. Bye-bye. Okay.